Hello, I'm Caroline Hardacre and I'm the author of Composite Creatures, upcoming dystopian fiction, uh, coming out in April 2021. And I'm Gabriela Houston and I'm the author of The Second Bell, a uh, Slavic fantasy coming out uh, March 2021. And this is Bookish Take, where we talk about our writing process from the initial ideas all the way through to the end, whereby you're submitting to agents or publishers or wherever you like. And this week, we're talking about editing and handling your first draft and transforming it into your second draft. And then what happens after that as well. So last time we sort of briefly touched on uh, Caroline's insane editorial process and it is actually mad and uh, maybe Caroline you can expand on it a little bit and explain to us the lengths you go to to, to get us the oh. finished novel. Part of me doesn't want to because I think it'll put people off doing it <laughs> um, but I don't know why this has happened so I've done this with more than one book so it's not just a one-off. So what I'll usually do is I'll finish the first draft and then I will leave it for a while, which you read a lot of advice about, like putting it in a cupboard or putting it in a, a drawer. Sensible up till now, yes. Yes, sensible. I find it hard to do that for a very long time, though, like because usually I've just finished it and I want to already see what it's going to be like in the second mm. draft. So it's very exciting. Um, so I'll do that and then I'll pick it up. And then depending on how long I've left it, I'll reread it. And then um, I will look at it and think about really what I want it to be really about. And this normally involves quite a few changes on my part. So I outline it again. And at this point, I get out the giant paper, which is fun. It's like massive sheets of paper. And I literally draw a timeline. And, um, and on that, I do various colors I'm a fan of big colorful things so I put all the characters motivations on I put little themes on it I try and map out as much as I can but I I try and reshape the whole novel in a very painful manner so that when it comes to starting rewriting I tend to rewrite the whole thing from scratch which I've been told is insane on many accounts um on many many times but it's it's the way that works for me and the reason for that is because I feel like the first draft is very raw I might use extracts from it I might use paragraphs I might use I might have almost the same chapter 11 for example but the chances are the the tone of it might have changed or what the theme there might be more themes in it or that chapter 11 is now a chapter four and so the context needs to be a bit different so even if the chapter is more or less the same I do tend to rewrite that from scratch as well um, and another weird thing I've been told is crazy is I start in the middle I don't know how to explain why <laughs> um, but I feel like you haven't told write... me that one no. <laughs> <laughs> no I know I don't think I did die but I think the reason for it is because by the end of the second draft I tend to try and have something which is, is is pretty much almost there. So I take a lot more time over it. And how the beginning and the end work, I don't know until I've really done the middle because I feel like the ending and the beginning are just so important. It took me the beginning because I, I tend to write the beginning last. 
Um, and then this is why I'm thinking this process is going to put off anyone who ever fancies writing a novel. But I guess the upside of it is that by the time you've finished your first draft, though you, at that point you probably want to, you wish that you could just be submitting that and just think, oh, I'm just going to send this off. But the truth is what you've done is you've created something that's like, there's like a metaphor of pouring sand into a, a sand pit. That's what your first draft is. You're chucking in all the sand, all of the different elements, the shells and various things. And then the second one is where you build the castles out of the sand. So you're you're pulling out things, you're shaping it, you're making it real. Um, so it means that no matter what your first draft is like, whether you think it's amazing or whether you think it's absolute trash, um, it won't be your second draft. It won't be. But I do know that my process is absolutely mental. Um, it just, and it, it's probably more time consuming as well. But I do feel like by the time I finish that second draft, I'm in a much stronger place than possibly a, a lot of other people are. I don't know. So I, ha I, I have two questions about your process. So one, do you have like a split screen with your first draft and then you write a second draft? And the second one was... Um, you were talking about how like in the out, sort of outlining stage when you sort of have first idea for a first draft, having too detailed an outline can be a little bit boring. Yeah. So how do you feel about when you've already written the book and now you're writing it again and you know exactly what's going to happen? That, that does not get boring. I know, I sound like such a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the split screen thing, almost I'll print it off to be honest um so that I can have it there and by the time I start writing the second draft I've reread it and outlined it so much that it starts to be to become this new thing in my head already so I don't tend to need to refer back very much um I'll refer back more when I'm starting to write the second draft because I'll be starting in the middle but as I work my way outwards I I don't I refer less and less to the original and probably because I haven't waited that long between drafts probably a few weeks or something or maybe a month um it's still relatively fresh in my head um so so that's that but then when it comes to the outline I feel like it's almost in a different place because I'm not it's more like when I said writing the first draft is is, is a a process of exploration and discovery. I feel like this. I get the same feeling when I do that outline for the second draft. So I know the characters, I know that world, at least I think I do at that point. And then when I'm doing this outline, I get the same sense of satisfaction from that. And it's, it's a very broad outline, but it, it's more detailed than the first one is still. And so by the time it comes to actually writing that up into a, a new version of the novel, it doesn't matter because I've already explored it. I'm already in it. Um, if that makes any sense, it's quite hard to describe. I, I understand why no one else does this now, <laughs> um, but it works for me. Anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who do this. It's just because you can find people on all sides of, of the spectrum. Um, I hope so. If anybody um, does, I'd love to know. <laughs> in, in case this video sort of make it sound like there's just one way of editing. Um, I'm on the opposite side of the scale. So I write a very clean first draft. 
Um, and I mean, I, I kind of always have. And if by the time I finish a first draft, I will have some bullet points of, you know, I need a scene showing this, right? I need this to be a little bit expanded on. And those big points, those big sort of bullet points that I have for the main story or character development, I will go immediately and uh, and fix them because mm. it's fresh in my mind. So I know exactly what needs to happen between chapter three and chapter four. Uh, you know, I, I need... I, I I know how to do it and I have it fresh in my mind. So I go immediately and fix it. And then I do um, my second draft is essentially I, I don't really wait very much. Um, I tend to basically, I just go straight through it because it's fresh in my mind. I can feel the character's sort of mm -hmm. voice um, and I read through it and I fix everything I see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not very, very efficient. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I don't know. It's a, you know, there's a lot of people who sort of say that in the editorial process, you should be very methodical about separating the, um, mm. the main sort of structural edits from the copy edits, from the line edits. And those are separate things. And, mm. you know, you don't need, you, you know, you shouldn't be proofreading at the, at, at the first stage. But I think it really depends on the kind of clarity that you have about the story and just how clean your first manuscript is. So if you're going yeah. to rewrite the whole book from scratch, like what you do, like there's no point in you fixing typos in uh, totally in your first but, manuscript. Whereas, but it's, it's weirdly tempting to, though. Like if you <laughs> if you cross a sentence. I get like, that. But this would be such a better way of doing it. It's really tempting to fiddle, but you're right. Yeah, it's better to keep it all separate. Yeah, but you know, but but for me, it's it's not so because my first draft is essentially um, it's it, it the, the book is already quite complete. So hmm. uh, so from then on, I'm tweaking it, I'm revising it, and mm -hmm. if I see a typo somewhere, I'm going to fix it because I might miss it the next time round. So and then. The process is I once I've done this read through when I fix anything that doesn't work or if you know a ca character is holding an apple with the right hand in 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 one moment and then they're you know petting a goat with that same hand uh, you know it just you you need to fix um, you you need to fix it too uh, yeah. so, and and then I send it off to to people who sort of will give me feedback to my kind of better readers, to my agent, and then uh, and and then that, that gives me that space, that gives me that, like, time to sort of sit on it. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because I remember talking recently to um, a podcaster about world building at this point, and um, I was talking about with my drafts how, and he said this was unusual as well, but, I'll find out from you if it is, um, that my first draft is tends to be my shortest draft because there's, well, there's the least world building in there because I'm just discovering it. And then it's during that second draft outlining process when I pull out themes. So whether it's, um, you know, it's, it's enhancing claustrophobia or in the case of composite creatures, um, aspects of the environment because the, the premise of the book as well is that, it's a it's a very near future to here or an alternative reality where 
chemicals and plastics are integrated into everything. So they're in the air, they're in the soil, they're in the sea, um, and they're starting to affect things just a bit, just a little bit. Um, but then when I'm doing that outlining, I'll plan out certain things like how I can fit in more about animals being affected, how I could fit in about more the soil, how that could impact on people's shoes and so on like that. So a lot of that doesn't come in until later with me. And then the draft gets longer and longer. So the final draft in months or whatever it is to come is the longest draft. But he was saying that a lot of people end up having to cut out a lot of their book and it, they start longer, they might get shorter and then they might get a bit longer again. What what happens with you, would you say? It, um, well, well, the thing is, so with the second bell, I cut uh, quite a few chapters, but then I wrote, mm. added more in as well. Uh, the later books, I haven't cut as much. Mm. So um, I tend to sort of then write uh, like a cleaner, cleaner copy. Um, I don't know if it's experience because obviously each sort of subsequent book, you know more about your process and about writing in general. So, um, so you will approach certain things differently. Um, I know that there's a lot of writers, uh, who have a preference for kind of overwriting in the first draft because Mm. it gives them that scaffolding for the for the story um where it's like oh you know and then I have to build build this all up I need to uh, write down whether my character prefers peaches to oranges and then I will take that scaffolding off uh but I will feel like I've known the know the character more um I don't feel I need that necessarily Mm. I don't want you know, I'm getting to know my characters, but I'm, you know, I don't need to know what blood type they are. You know, like I, I, I just need to know what they want, how they interact with others, and how they're changing on their journey. So yeah. it's, so you know, it doesn't, it wouldn't help me. In fact, I think I, for me, it would be quite frustrating to overwrite that dramatically i've had you know I, I know people who are who write you know 200 thousand word novels and then they cut it in half essentially and it's just mm-hmm. I, I i would not be able to cope with that because for one it's it, it would feel to me like a wasted effort because it would not for for me it doesn't benefit me to to have all that extra extra mm-hmm. chapters on the character's background or whatever like Mm-hmm. If it doesn't serve the story that I'm telling, then I don't need it. Yeah. Um, also, there's a logistical point in that if you, in your first draft, you've you've integrated things like what star sign they are or what their favorite cheese is. When it comes to editing that, that must be a nightmare because it's still relatively fresh in your head to remember all of these things. And there's probably more capacity for getting that wrong in future drafts, like with inconsistencies and so on. Plus when you're getting to know characters, you know, if you're getting to know a friend, you don't, it's not the first thing you find out, is it? You get to know a sense of them as a person and that's the most. How how they make you feel, isn't it? Rather than than what they like to do. And it's um, with, also when it comes to consistency, actually, I found that, 
Um, I mean, I work in Scrivener because it has the uh, the split screen function, which yeah. I can't which I can't work without. It's it's amazing. So I have every time I introduce a character or every time I say something new about a character, I have a character table on the right hand of my screen, mm-hmm. and I just add it in the description. So I have a like a, a free column table with a character name their connection so it's like you know mm-hmm. who they are or what is their um sort of main belief you know it, it sort of structure and then uh and then their physical description uh with you know likes or dislikes if they are relevant mm-hmm. and i will keep referring back to that and that actually also saves me time on the editorial sort of at the editorial stage um where I'm like, oh, did this character have blue eyes or did this character have green eyes? Um, I, 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 I find this very, uh, very helpful. It's funny that you should mention Scrivener because um, I have Scrivener as well. And I've, I tried to use it um, with my next novel. Uh, I, I don't know whether I've really learned how to use it properly or whether it just doesn't agree with me so much. And I've, I ended up going back to Microsoft Word, which is proper old school. Um, but I don't know. Um, I don't know whether maybe some people just have certain... It takes visual... a moment. Like, you, you know, you have to watch a couple of tutorials to sort of get have a at what you want. Yeah. But, um, in my kind of writer group that we meet, like I, I, I meet two writers who we sort of, you know right within cafes and pre-covid mm-hmm. times and sort of through zoom and um they have sort of turned me on to um onto scrivener and but we each use it in a completely different way we oh, use right. different functions we you know there's uh, a friend of mine whose uh book has like 200 scenes right and she uses all that uh all those functions to do with like you know, different colored flags, different sort of highlights so that, you know, this one belongs to the, these scenes belong to this character. And so this is very interesting to her. I have one, one scene. (laughs) I just write it in a linear way, all the chapters together. And then in a split screen, I can put in my research if I'm, um, you know, I don't know, like, thinking about photos you know I, I want some photos to do with like a period costume or like um survivalist stuff or you know the plants that I mentioned or something like that or the character the, the one that I always have on my right uh, hand side as a default is the character table so yeah. it, it's if there's different ways there's different ways of approaching it it's it's a tool mm-hmm. so it's not a necessary tool like there is no particular software you have to get I think I'll to be a writer you can write on a typewriter you can write by hand you you can write by what you know using microsoft word mm. you don't need this software it's a tool and i found it helpful so it you know i've i've known i i know quite a few people who f- have found it helpful mm-hmm. but i wouldn't want anybody to feel like oh i need they have to i need this or you know i've 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 seen people talk online about like oh i need scrivener in order to plan out a novel or i need or there's like a software which 
uh, I will not mention by name, but which promises to basically plan your novel for you, essentially. Mm. Like that feels, and it's it's just, it's pure marketing. It's like nobody's going to write it for you. Nobody's going to sort of go, no software is going to go inside your head, pull out the ideas perfectly formed and just transcribe them onto paper. Like you still have no. to do the work. No, well, I'm living proof that it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. I think I was probably about five chapters in to that that, that book and um, I moved back to Word. But I do think I'll try it again, though, because I have friends who've written all sorts of stuff and a, a current friend who writes massive long novels and um, like 200,000 word epic things for publication. And um, he's found it massively helpful to organize. And I am a massively, or try and be a massively organized person. So you might does... find that all your pinboards and stuff will uh, translate yeah. very nicely into their functions. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they will. Um, but I mean, we're, we're almost we're now time for this one. But I just wanted to ask one more thing because next week we're going to talk about beta readers and um, the proofreading process. But I was just going to say, how many drafts do you tend to do um, when you're drafting before that, before you let other people read it? I mean, I tend to send things to my agent actually after after the second draft, mm -hmm. because but that's purely because a second draft is not truly the second draft for me because by by the end of the second round of edits, I feel like I've done everything I can do without feedback, and he's mm -hmm. essentially like one of my better readers, so. Mm -hmm. um, so bad people do it in very many different ways. It really depends on how cleanly you write your first draft and whether, you know, how sort of structured it is to begin with, whether mm -hmm. you need to add like a hundred thousand words before it forms a complete story. You know, it's just, it really depends. But for me, I like, I basically do two rounds of edits and then I send it off and then I work with the comments I have, which we'll talk about next time. Yeah, with me, it's more like three, I would say. So there's the, the first write, <laughs> the second write, <laughs> which is basically writing the whole thing. But by that point, I'm, I'm usually quite confident that I've got the shape of it right. And then I will go through it again for a third draft. And that's when I start looking at language and just making sure that it's, I know it's not in a finished place by the end of that third draft, but at least that it sounds like I want it to sound. And there's, there's nothing majorly massively wrong with the the tone or the language so for me it's like usually draft three and if I at that point identify a big change maybe it might even be draft four um but yeah we'll, we'll talk about that more next week so th this was our thoughts anyway on editing and second drafting hope it's been quite useful um and next week yeah we're going to talk about beta readers and how to find them how we use them um when and how to uh ask for and how to receive feedback it's a good point as well okay well we'll All see right. you then Thank you. bye